Hey everyone, welcome to Reading Minds and Solving Crimes. This is a podcast between three close friends where we watch episodes of the TV show The Mentalist and we talk about it. Uh, we are. This is currently episode 9 and we go over episode 14, Crimson Casanova. Uh, I am your host, Abik Basu, and joining me today we have Scott Lee. So we're close friends again now, huh? I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. What, what, close I'm trying to figure out what keeps happening. I just imagine you having conversations in your head, and all of a sudden we stop being close friends because I say there's, something terrible. There's a slider a la Mass Effect, and when it's at a certain point, we're close friends, and then. Someone steps on a line and it goes a little bit the other way. We become acquaintances. <laughs> How, what, what do you think, Sacco? What's uh, joining me is also Chris Sacco. Yeah, I mean, clean, clean opening. Vegas had you at, at less than 50% to hit that open there, especially with the shenanigans that it. happened right before we started this. So well done, well done. Hi, everyone. How's See, it going? That's, that's what I'm talking about, right? That's a close friend right there. <laughs> I try to keep it close, you know. I I want to make sure I'm on a Bix's good side. Yeah, that's right. That is right. Well, <laughs> how's how's the week been, you guys? It's all right. Not too bad. Going in for my uh, second COVID vaccine tomorrow, so I'm expecting to feel like garbage uh, for the next day <laughs> or so. But we'll see how that goes. Pretty excited about it. I wonder if we'll, this will eventually be a running bit where we just keep like the third vaccine shot and then the fourth vaccine shot. Go, going to get my people 15th are just going to be like, "The fuck shot. are these guys doing? Why did these guys I, get so many COVID vaccines? They're just addicted to getting these vaccines." I love mRNA. Absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, pretty normal week so far. No, no real complaints. Yeah, yeah. going all right. I uh, <laughs> so this is a little bit. This may be a little bit too niche, but uh, one of the things I love doing is watching uh, people play sp- or play professional Dota Two, which is like which is a uh, a computer game, mm-hmm. and in particular, there's a team that I love watching called OG. Uh, you guys know this. Anna's but back, recently, baby. Anna, one of one of their one of their best players, Anna, just just rejoined the team, and this guy is like. He's like such a natural at playing carry. <laughs> he just normally like he's he's so laid back <laughs> that he like he's retired twice and he's both times he's like all right that's enough time let me go back and win another few million dollars and come back. So this was today was their first day of playing together again and they were like already fountain diving their opponent. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> like it's, I I it's watched, already gotten to that level. I watched for like a half a second. It was at the like the, at the end of my work day. I just threw it on on my second monitor, and I was kind of you know just had it on in the background as noise. And I would look over and I'm just like, wow, they're just stomping people again, huh? <laughs> like <laughs> that's on his back, and they just start to crush. That's okay. It is it is, it is the best thing. Which again. I very very small amount of people probably care about the the Dota two pro scene, but I'm hey, here for it. It's they're good. It's fun to watch. <laughs> it's just like any other sport, just virtual. Yeah, exactly. How you doing, Scott? All right. Yeah, a <laughs> little tired. <clears throat> a little tired. Had a physical. Had some blood draws today. Uh, I'll get you. I, I long for the days of my. Mid to late twenties, when I just didn't go to doctors and didn't have to do anything. <laughs> that was nice. Hey, 
it'll be fine. What's the yeah. worst that could happen? Nothing Everything's exists. okay. <laughs> I survived. Yep, that's true. But I suppose I'm doing the responsible thing now. You are. The, the don't ask, don't tell policy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you never find out what's wrong or right, then everything's right, right? I'm just saying, do they ever tell you good news? Like, is there ever, do you ever go and they're like, turns out there was 50 bucks behind your ear the whole time. It's, it's only ever bad news. That's not true. Last time or I went, standard, or standard. Like, last time I, no, I went to the doctors in November and I had lost some weight and they were like, good job. You lost weight. Good for you. And I was like, thank you. I worked hard to do that. Thanks for noticing, doctor. Wow. You can get that at home, Sacco. It's called a scale. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's nice to have validation from the doctor. The old pat on the back? Yeah, it's good. Good to be wow. recognized. Look at that. That doesn't, that doesn't gonna, quite happen. I'm going to leave that one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get quite the same treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> uh, what is this episode? What, what are we doing here? This episode's off like a rocket. <laughs> yeah. What do we? What do we got? What do we got? We got. Speaking uh, of episodes, the one we're covering today is called Crimson Casanova. Let me just say what we're all thinking. This episode sucks, and we shouldn't talk about it. Just kidding. This episode fucking rules, and I loved every minute of it. This episode was Wait, amazing. Did you really? You like this I episode? I fucking love this episode. I love this episode. It was so good. On a scale, on a scale of one oh, to no. Cho business, how excellent was this episode? Ch- Cho was the only redeeming thing about this episode. Yeah, but this episode fucking slaps. <laughs> but if, if Cho was the only part of this episode, if this episode was like six minutes oh, yeah. of what Cho did... That's still one of the best episodes of the season. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. He's he's a very suave dude. Oh, my God. The swag. The drip. Everything. Whatever you kids want to call it these days. So good. <laughs> yeah. So we should, we should get into it. So, yeah. Initial thoughts. You guys liked it? Loved it. Loved it. Initial thoughts. You liked it. That's my... That's my <laughs> and if you... I have, I have complicated feelings about it. Not necessarily that it's bad, but... It, well, I, I would title this like "douchebags" the episode. Well, yeah, <laughs> but like He's that's full the fun, like the funny part of it, though. It's, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if people want to watch this show or watch this particular episode themselves, where can they watch it? Uh, you can find it uh, currently streaming on Amazon, or you can ask Cho because I'm sure he's got it, you know, locked up. Somewhere Cho's always on the has internet. an answer. He yeah. always has the correct answer. Just swoop mm-hmm. in. <laughs> and if uh, people want to write into the show uh, Where can they do that, Sacco? Yeah, if you want to disagree with us About our love of this episode You can tweet hate tweets at us At at mindscrimes Or if you want to agree with us Write us glowing essays at itsmindcrimes at gmail.com Alright Alright, yeah So uh, let's let's jump into it uh, So this, this episode Um Primarily deals. I feel like this setup has happened a few times already, right? Where it's like there's a wife that <laughs> that is like found the dead in a bed somewhere, and it's. I also want to say like usually they're all like cheating too, right? This is like yeah. not the first. I, I know the first episode that had the same thing, but like yeah, it's become like a trend, I guess. It feels um, it feels like a pretty canned opener for this type of show. 
right? Where you have yeah, the cheating yeah. wife gets murdered and like, oh, well, let's see you what happens. what works, you know? You right. <laughs> you it just immediately good. sets up a lot of confusion about who actually did it, right? Because you yeah. immediately got at least two suspects that are in play. Yep. Ah, the the killer in this case was this uh <laughs> the guy this, we don't care about. This this fucking knob <laughs> who's like a hotel manager, I guess. Yeah. Essentially. Yep. Yeah. Like a jealous hotel manager. Um I watched this so I watched this episode for the, this is the first episode that I've watched two times. We watched it on yeah. Sunday and then we rewatched it again today cuz I didn't it's I wanted awesome. to, well, I, I I tried a big technique of just watching it to watch it, and then I was like, I'm going to watch it again, and I'll take notes the second time. So I was like, all right. Love. I was going to watch it yesterday. We pushed the recordings of today, so I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it right after work. I went downstairs, watched it. Um, and on the second run-through, Sarah turns to me, and she goes, can you pause it? I go, yeah, sure. I pause it, and she goes, this is when I thought it was him. And it's literally the first time the guy shows up and has nothing to do about anything. And I'm like, okay, all right, there's no way that you actually predicted that. You're just like, oh, that's a different person on the screen, so it's got to be that guy. Screw you, Sarah. Screw you the and first your knowledge. Time, the first time this guy shows up is like three minutes in, yep. and he just yeah. like, he asked there is, about the, no the, there, That's yeah. what she said. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Total there bullshit. is a moment, though, before there's any like real evidence suggests it's him, where he does flash this like really weird face. At the yeah. camera, he doesn't say anything. But that at that moment, I was he like, "This is the, the camera. Guy. This is the guy. This is the guy." Because it was just he like a really awkward, up. creepy face, and I was just like, "This guy's all fucked up." <laughs> this guy screams, "I murdered some." Yeah, there, this guy screams, "There are bodies in the basement." <laughs> yeah, his 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 motive. I I just don't like. What was your plan, dude? You're just gonna keep murdering everybody that this girl's trying to sleep with? Yeah. Or? <laughs> Eventually, you'll get there. I it's guess weird. So. it's weird. Possessive <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's not worry least... too much about the actual murder. Let's yeah. talk about the other stuff. Yeah. That this, the, this is that. It's definitely uh, an episode focusing on the other things. So, um, to to set the scene, we got the CBI kind of showing up, uh, and they are kind of casing the scene, and. Um, Jane kind of like, you know, as they're talking, he's kind of like pacing around the floor. Um, and I want to say like Lisbon or someone kind of brings up like, hey, like, so like maybe, you know, there's maybe like or this person had a lover or something like maybe the lover did it or like what's going on here. And Jane's like, no, like he, this there was like some distance to it. This person um, kind of snuck in at some point in the middle of the night and kind of shot shot the uh, the victim. Who, like, what's the victim's name? Claire Walcott. Yeah. Claire yeah. Walcott. Yeah. yeah you also miss Rigsby finding the shell in the room first. And we didn't hey even guys. talk about his fucking sweet leather jacket that he was wearing during the uh, scene. No, yeah, no, bring it up. I don't even what's what are we talking about here? Yeah. Rigsby's wearing this like long form leather jacket <laughs> just rant like out of nowhere. Which I feel like sets the stage for this entire episode. It's good. It's all about like super sleazy. Because like, <laughs> it's not like I don't want to shit on like everyone that wears a leather jacket. Because there's some leather jackets that are cool. This is not one Rigsby of those. Does jackets. not pull it off. Jake Rigsby, Rigsby does will not pull off the. This cool is a jacket. yeah. This is a hundred percent the guy in your office that wears a leather jacket because he's like thinks it makes him cool, but really everyone's like that's gross. There's Please a jukebox don't. that Rigsby goes and tries to hit it. Yeah. 
definitely doesn't turn on. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, shit. Well, screwed that up. Fonzie, you ruined me again. <laughs> but yeah, I think he finds well, the casing that Jane interprets that like they wasn't like in bed or like the lover would have been close. He's, he's like, be. someone probably snuck in from here. And like, I want to say like they follow some like blood trails, right? Or, yeah, or, yeah, Jane. Something like that. Jane flexes on everyone and is like, I'm a forensics guy now, too, and starts <laughs> like walking through the parking lot, finding these little droplets of blood until miraculously they're gone. And mm-hmm. oh, guess what? He looks he like kneels down and looks up in the parking lot of this like fancy hotel spa. And there's a there's a nice silver Cadillac with the license plate dock lady. And he goes, huh, look at that. <laughs> a doctor's in the house. So yeah, that's that's real coincidental. It's better than like the Seinfeld the Seinfeld ass man. No, it's so good. It's not better than that because the ass man. No, no, no. no. I'm is saying, amazing. I'm saying for for the character's benefit. It, yeah. it was better yeah. for, him for the character. There was a doc yeah. lady and not the ass man. How good would it have been if Kramer just showed up? <laughs> Kramer shut down the, the door. <laughs> yeah, he's the man. one. He's the one fucking tending to this dude's roof. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. Except for the uh, fact that he's apparently really racist. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Oh god! But before we knew that, <laughs> yeah, this was uh, pre-racism. Michael Richards, I think, right? What was? Oh yeah. So, um, I don't. I don't know why. Like them seeing Doc Lady was like the trigger, but they kind of like go inside the hotel. I mean, and so find out. So the idea is that, you know, he looks up. There's a guy who was clearly shot. He mm-hmm. looks up and sees a license plate that says Doc Lady. He goes, oh, there's a doctor that got called. And then we need to find out where the doctor is staying because you can draw the line of like, doctor, fix this guy's gunshot wound. At least that's the okay. way that I took it. That was like the line I guess, that I drew. I guess that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was more like, okay, like why... Like I, she, this person was probably just here, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so they they I mean it ends up being correct because they go to the they find out what what room the uh, doc lady is staying and um, they kind of break into it. It's like Jay and Lisbon, and they get like get like a hotel manager to to open the door or something. I feel like um, a big would have been much more excited if, if this. Hotel ended up being the Continental, and he like goes in, and yeah. it's John Wick getting <laughs> getting stitched just, up. They just lay one coin on the table. And <laughs> yeah, <exactly. walk> away. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, no, it's not nearly no, as cool. It's the, it's the polar opposite. <laughs> yep. There's they open the door, they see a lot of bloody bandages and stuff, and then they we get a. Um, we get the resident playboy of the episode. Uh, his name is, I think, Paul Freak. Paul Frick. Paul Frick. Paul Frick. Paul Frick. Paul Fricky. To be uh, fair, he doesn't really deserve you to pronounce his name correctly. No, that guy so I just, sucks. <laughs> he's, the, he's the playboy guy, and he's he's, he's, he's the no, Casanova. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. There's only one playboy. Yeah, we'll in this get episode. there. We'll get there, Scott. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> we have pretenders, and then we have yeah. OGs. He's okay. a pretender to the this crowd. Guy's a, this guy's a pretender. He, uh, but he's in bed with uh, presumably the doc lady. Doc lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they like break in, he like wakes up. He's like, "Whoa, whoa! Like, what's going on here?" And 
I, I think that's like there's like a weird joke about him having a boner. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Do you guys did you guys get that one? Or? I think it's mainly that he's in his underwear. But yeah, it kind of seemed like they were like I don't know. <laughs> I did I think, not. Like, Jade like looks down there and he's like, oh. He no, like averts I, his eyes. I didn't get a boner out of that. I <laughs> the guy was just wearing boxers, and Jade's like, I don't but I feel need to like they've that. arrested other people that have also been in their boxers, yeah. and it hasn't been that big of a deal, but. Yeah, but I think like, he's tra- not the weird one for fucking sleeping in boxers in the middle of the night. <laughs> no, I, I think they're just trying to play it as like, ooh, I'm the playboy. Look at my junk. Uh, like, they were some sick boxers, though. <laughs> they looked silken and very floral patterned or something. I bet they were very comfortable. Yeah. Dude rocks the nice boxers. <laughs> yeah, but clearly we're popping a boner as we get to the crane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so I, what- I before before yeah. we move on, right, like, why did that guy, after being just being shot, right? We find out that mm-hmm. he was shot. Why does he stay at the hotel that he was just shot at? Why does he not leave? Like, why didn't he dude. go somewhere? Because this is his stomping grounds, dude. This is yeah. he loves coming back here. Okay, fair. I mean, it was just something that triggered him. Like, what? Why is this dude I still got, here? I I got Hotel California vibes from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't think I don't think he thought he was in any trouble. I for he was just like, well, whatever. This person died, but I'm alive. Clearly, I'm dead. There's no issue with me, <laughs> which he was clearly wrong about. Yeah, I lunatic. mean, more to that point, Zach. Like they do question, him, but like, why don't they immediately arrest the man who was clearly at the scene of the crime, <laughs> shot, bled, fled the scene without alerting anyone that some, a woman had been shot? And because then, he like, could, ended up, like, sleeping, like, 10 feet away from where the body was. Because she was dead, and he couldn't help them, as he says in, like, a moment. Which I, like, <laughs> it's, I'm with you, Scott. Yeah, that dude should have been like, arrested. That, sure. Good story, friend. <laughs> yes. Agreed. <laughs> nice tale. You could take people in for much less. Yeah. <laughs> so like, maybe, maybe we test to see if he needs a ballistic residue on his hands. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> it it would have been funny if at the end of it is like, no, I I definitely killed him. Yeah, it was me the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Y'all y'all went way too deep on this other no, stuff. Like you got me right in, and then you just let me walk away. <laughs> uh, we do get the the next scene of them kind of at the office or at the um the CBI office talking to this Playboy guy. No, they don't um, even the, bring him in. They they no. literally talk to him oh, at the hotel. The, yeah. At the hotel, you're right. That's you're what I'm right, saying. Right. They don't even bring him into the house. Yeah, like, you never are they busy? In. Is it just nicer there? <laughs> like, they just don't want to go back? It's way nicer there. That place looks fancy. <laughs> there is some really good lines, because now Lisbon's kind of asking him questions, like, like so, like and and kind of what we just said is like you know so you just you just kind of like left and he's like yeah I mean I couldn't I couldn't really help her and I you know I had the stuff to do people to see <laughs> like sleeping with this lady and um, Lisbon asks like hey like so like what do you do and he's like I, I'm a pickup artist that that is my profession <laughs> and he also I'm good at what I do he also blogs of course he blogs <laughs> there's some real good In line, yeah. seminars <laughs> yeah he. He calls it a total lifestyle kind of thing. <laughs> Dude is so gross. It's like a guy he's, that owns a boat. Like, that's his thing. Like, he, you yep. know, he's I'm the a guy boat that guy. owns a boat. Some, you know, sometimes he sleeps on the boat. He's, he's got some weed, you know, hanging, if he yeah. wants to. Occasionally, you know. he, get, he bums some weed from somebody. Yeah. yeah. That dude definitely is smoking a bunch of weed. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, it's just just get through life any way you can. Uh we get we get Jade asking about <laughs> Jade has a kind of funny thing. I don't know if you guys remember, but it's he asks like, "Hey, is your mother still alive?" And this guy's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't try and like f- like." Uh, like psychoanalyze me, Mister Freud, or whatever. Yeah, and, and then Jade's like, "Wait, who said anything about your mom?" Yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, "Right, you just did." And Jade's like, "No, no I didn't." He's just he's just fucking with the guy, yeah. man. I love it. It's so great. They go back and forth for a second. Then he's like, "I'm just joshing with you. I'm Bill Paul. Don't worry about it. It's a big joke." But really, who killed Claire? Who, who, <laughs> like, who killed her? <laughs> we need to know. You're a liar. Or you're telling the truth. And we don't know. Yeah, I think he says, I think he either says you're an honest man who's lying or a, a, a like a, a consummate liar who happens to be telling the truth. Yeah. Along those lines. Well, no way for me to figure out, so they kind of yeah. leave. Anyway, uh, you should go. You're, we're yeah. done here. You're fine. <laughs> Uh, what what happens next? I, I want to say it's the CBI meeting with the husband. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that guy. Well, so hold on. There's a there's a really good line before that. Um, yeah, that I thought was very funny from Jane, and I like I thought it was a compliment, but the ladies did not. They were talking oh, like right. they're they're walking away from talking to this Paul Frick guy who has like a list of a bazillion names, which comes back later in the episode, and I thought was very funny. He hands uh. over the names of all the like ex lovers that he had. Um, as they are now suspects. Um, and as they're walking out, they're taught Rigsby's like, how does he do it? Like, is, is like, how does a guy like that get everything? And he's like, that's oh, Jane's like simple woman, like psychology. It's just knowing it and applying it aggressively. Lisbon and Van Pelt turn around incredulous. And he, <laughs> she's like, so he's like, you gotta know what buttons to push. And Lisbon's like, so what? We're just like toasters. And he goes, no, men are like toasters. Women are more like accordions. And they just walk away like you're a disgusting human. And he's like, I thought it was a compliment. Which they to me, I'm like, I think, I think that is a compliment. I think it's a compliment, too. I thought it was a compliment. but I think uh, Jen definitely thought it was a compliment. Yeah. The, the actually has accordion music playing. As yeah, it's, it's great. Right? That, that's which, right, is, which is a small, nice touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but yeah, a then they, little thing. Then they do meet Claire Walcott's husband, who's an absolute prick. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a running competition in this episode to see who's the bigger knob. This is this is an episode about douchebags because they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The, I do have a note here uh, that this show really does hate rich assholes, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. totally here for it. Like it's, it's yeah. <laughs> they there is a certain character that we've seen multiple times and it is basically this husband <laughs> i really hope that like at some point we watch like a post like post credits discussion of from like the creators and writers and like all of these people are based on like some like producer and or executive that like happens to be involved with the show and every time he walks in they're like we gotta include this <laughs> <laughs> this character is gold yeah he just writes itself yeah, <laughs> guy's gross. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and I think I believe it's Cho that's interrogating him. Um, we don't get like too much good information from him. Um, he he the the big thing that they or he mentions is that uh, one that he didn't know he quote unquote didn't know that his wife was like uh, cheating with it on him. Uh, but he like kind of tries to demand. He tries to like bully Cho into 
Yeah, there's uh, a great line here. There is. He, he, this guy's, you know, he's pushing around his power, and he's like, you know, I could call. I, I could just make some calls, and like your life, your no, he career says, he will says, be over. With one call, I can end your career. And then Cho responds with, "That's that's really impressive. With one call, all I can get is a pizza." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just just zero like he's not smirking or anything it's just yeah, it's a robotic just cho just just says it and just goes about his business um the the other thing the husband mentions is that um there was one of i the victim's assistants like one of his wife's assistants was like stealing like julie julia from her or something and yeah. um they i, I want to say like the the victim was having a opened up a lawsuit against her and like maybe that could be motive she was pressing charges about the theft yeah yes yeah um so i think van pelt and jane are the ones that actually go meet with her uh do what happens here scott uh yeah so this is another sort of like these i feel like they love these awkward they knock on a door and then they're like, can we come in? And and they're almost always the answer is basically they're like, no, or like, and then they just sort of like barge their way in <laughs> to the room. Um, so they eventually they do get into uh, Claire's room after they basically ask her, like, she immediately like thinks it, Claire thinks it's about the charges that be brought up. And then uh, Jane sort of like leans in and it's like, actually, she died. She was murdered last night. <laughs> she definitely so, died. As she's like shocked, he just walks into her apartment. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and then they have like a, a mild discussion where basically she refutes like having stolen from her, but does seem to hold some hostility towards her. Um, and then Jane gets this idea that she she's clearly trying to hide something uh, in the apartment, which is very messy. He also makes an offhand comment that messy women make good lovers, which was also sort of like kind of out of nowhere and a little weird, but everyone's a douche. Yeah. Yeah, I was, that was a a little weird. I noted that. Why is Jane being like gross on this too? Yeah. Cause like, this actually does beg a slight question because like, how old do we think Jane is in like in the, in world? I guess I don't know. Um, Cause I, I pictured like like mid early forties. I was thinking late thirties, early forties. Yeah, yeah. Cause and this girl, this like assistant girl Pretty is young. like like twenty two, twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> so that I, is not like great. <laughs> so Whoa. when he when he first said the line, I was like, oh, it's a little tacky. I thought he was trying to. I thought the whole thing they were going with is like, oh, she was also sleeping with, with the that playboy. Guy. And like that, I thought that was like, and even like what happens in the end of the scene, I, for some reason, I thought it was like her and the playboy in the in the photos or whatever. Here's here's my uh, my justification for this. Yeah. This is Jane putting himself in the headspace of who he thinks the prime suspect is. Oh, and he's, he's, he's method and he's acting. Just, he's just, do, he's living in that world right a now. A creepy tool. Yeah. yeah. He's just living me, in that let world. Let me awkwardly mention your sex life person yeah. who I first met just now. Just now. But anyway, besides that, he does find it had out. It nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it's not pertinent at all. It's just a very offhand comment. Truly didn't mean anything. <laughs> didn't do anything. Uh, but he does end up finding the thing she's hiding apparently is a camera that's on her desk, which mm-hmm. he just like grabs, which again begs the question like, he, like hold, what? he does the pulse thing again for yeah, some yeah, reason. Yeah. yeah, so he gra- so after he makes his offhand ca- comment about her, Here, how let me hold your hand. Bed, 
he like grabs her hand and then like has her like lead around the same thing he did with Van Pelt at some point. Finds out the the thing she's hiding is the camera on the desk. Grabs the camera without like asking. They don't, as far as I know, have a warrant or anything. But anyway, looks at it, finds out there's pictures. Like one of the pictures he sees is uh, Claire Walcott with the douche guy uh, it, outside the apartment. So clearly she was there like the night that the murder happened, and like she knew about the affair. Yeah. And then then uh, they actually book, take her book in. Book them, Dano. They take her <laughs> yes. in. Un- unlike yeah. unlike Paul yeah. Frank, they don't take him in. Yeah. He's let him go on he's, his got, he's got fucking ladies to sleep with. He's, got, he's a very busy guy. He's got guy. numbers to get. He's got his black book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, what happens What happens with Natalie once they take him in, Zach? Uh, yeah, I mean... I honestly didn't write anything about it because I don't really like they brought her in. They ask her questions and they they come to the conclusion like she basically took the pictures in Mm. in a way to like blackmail Claire out of pressing the charges. She was basically protecting herself against the theft charges, but she didn't steal the jewelry like she or at least you don't think that she steals the jewelry. And I think it just kind of ends unless there's something that I missed. The the, one piece of information that's pertinent is that she says that the blackmail plan probably wouldn't have worked because the husband is like super anal about their finances. That's right. Would have would have known anything about like like them would have probably already known about the affair. Yeah. 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 It's like super controlling. Yeah. 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 Cause, cause then the uh, next scene, it's, it's all the, it's the crew back at the, at the CBI headquarters. Jane's sitting on the couch doing a Sudoku and Rigsby. Wait, then, wait. Hey, can we, can we talk about the Sudoku thing real quick? Sure. Yes. <laughs> Please. Cause, okay. Jane's a smart guy, right? Yeah. Somebody even say he's a genius. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then why is he doing like the most the a child's version of Sudoku? <laughs> did you guys see the pages of the side? No, I didn't even notice Yo, it. Is this for a grandma? There's like this is the biggest Sudoku oh, thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the like squares were essentially it's like one Sudoku puzzle like per for a page. child dude yeah <laughs> yo yo you don't know how to solve a sudoku you're, you're given you're given all the ones through eights already filled in Speak, <laughs> speaking of sudokus before we go on a bit in the uh description you need to link that sudoku that you sent us like a year and a half ago oh, or whatever because sure. every now and again oh, i go video every now and again i go back to that video <laughs> and watch it and i'm just like this guy's so happy discovering the like the secrets to this sudoku. Yo, i can't tell you it how many sudokus so i've watched that guy solve he's so, so good it's, it's so good it is so good his pure joy <laughs> he's oh. the bob he's the bob ross of sudoku it's so good <laughs> But yeah, so or the Steve 1989 of MREs. If that's you will. true. <laughs> but so, but so, so yeah, that's Jade. Except he's doing fucking like a Sudoku for an eight year old. He's doing. He's basically, he's basically like like doing a painting by numbers. Like <laughs> he's doing a word What's search. Doing? He's painting. He's doing a word search. The only word he needs to find is the. And there's it's all Z's except for the word the. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Shit. Anyways, so he's doing a Sudoku, uh, and the rest of the team's like, well, is it this guy? Did th- Like, this person has motive, and he's like, maybe we should go do this. And Jane's like, meh, boring. Boring. <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> like, he's just being like a turd in the background. <laughs> you can be less of a dick about it, man. 
<laughs> we're trying to do work here. <laughs> and Van Pelt turns and is like, all right, Mr. Entertainment, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to go back to the crime scene because there's something that's just not right. And he says it like it <laughs> slams his Sudoku book and yeah. walks off. And they all look at each I other. I don't even know how to read. I don't know why I'm looking at this thing. <laughs> And they all look at each other, and they. I think. I think it's Cho turns to Rigsby, and he's like, "Your turn." And I just thought it was so funny that they're like, "Well, it's your turn to babysit Jane. Make sure he doesn't fuck everything <laughs> yeah. up." Yeah. That is the first time that we really see like that. Like maybe maybe shenanigans are growing a little old, especially in this episode for sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that. They go back to the crime scene. Yeah. This 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 was kind of good because. Uh, so yeah, it's Rigsby and, and Jane that kind of go back to that initial uh, hotel room. Uh, Rigsby starts the conversation being like, man, I sure am hungry. <laughs> He's just like, don't take too long, I'm hungry. Uh, Jane's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then he like, walk, he like walks outside um, and like as he like walks outside of like through like the, the glass like back door or whatever. Like a patio door. He, like, he, the patio door, and he hears the patio door lock from from behind, and he's like, "Eureka!" Um, and he kind of like motions for Rigsby to like open up the door back uh, back up. And so when Rigsby does, he's like, "All right, let's go eat." And and Rigsby, it, this is only weird to me because like Rigsby doesn't even ask like what happened here. He's just like, "Yeah, hell yeah, dude, let's get a meal, baby." <laughs> and he just he's like fucking. Happy as a cucumber as they just like saunter off. <laughs> is happy as a cucumber an actual phrase? Isn't it? I think do it's you know an, do you know any sad cucumbers? I don't, yeah. so I guess we're taking it. It's typically well, a, about. typically a big it's cool as a cucumber and happy as a clam, but I like thinking of cucumbers well, how, as happy. <laughs> but realis- happy realistic, as a clam. realistically though, just, in a big defense. How happy are clams? Exactly. No, I'm not <laughs> saying. I'm just saying, it's a, I'm just saying it's a colloquialism is that it's happy as a clam. But I like I'm, happy as a cucumber. At least like I'm happy as a pig I think I just found the title like, for this episode. They seem happy. <laughs> He's happy as a cucumber. Happy as a cucumber. Come on, it's gotta be. It's gotta be show business. That's a good point too. Um. <laughs> So I, <laughs> they um they go to get a meal at the at the like the neighboring restaurant. Uh what happens here, Scott? Uh so at the restaurant they basically they talk to who it turns out to be the actual murderer, who's the <laughs> yeah. the, the hotel manager slash Major D who like he, agrees to seat them. Real yeah. quick, I I don't know, I it just popped in my head, but you would agree, Scott, that this guy looks like the lead singer of fun, right? <laughs> uh, right? Am I um, crazy? Hold on, I'm Googling this right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. It's. I feel like it's pretty close. I don't know about that. Mm. Uh, I feel I, like he... Uh, uh, in some pictures, yes. Yeah, maybe some other pictures, some no. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> maybe if he wore like an oversized suit and like matted his hair down, maybe I could see it. I don't know uh, why, but I was like, this, this is the fucking lead singer of fun. Yeah, but uh, so they end up going uh, to the hotel or the hotel restaurant, whatever, uh, and end up seeing uh, the the douchebag guy talking to one of the waitresses, whose name we learn out is Katie. 
uh, who's seated at another table. Uh, once he notices them, he invites them over to sit with him, and then they start talking for a bit. Uh, we don't... Th- we get more antagonism between, like, Jane and... Uh, what, what the hell is his Paul. name? Patrick? Paul? Patrick? Paul? Paul Frick. Freak? Paul Frick, the whatever. Playboy Frick. guy? Freak. Playboy Freak. Yeah. Um, they sort of like banter back and forth a little bit, and eventually Jane does learn that he had an actual relationship with Katie at some point, mm-hmm. um, but only now sleeps with her when he strikes out with all the other women at the restaurant, which he knows <laughs> real cool, dude. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then uh, we get Rigsby does solicit some advice from uh, from Frick, uh, which was. <laughs> Again, Rigsby, you're better than that, Rigsby. And the exact advice I forget, I sort of forget, but it was basically like you want to like... Contempt, control, excitement. Yeah, is, so it's basically, three... it's basically like the dentist system. Yeah. Um, from, yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and then that's basically what we learn. Uh, the one thing that he does, that, the one relevant thing to the case in all of this is that... Uh, Jane does ask him if the door patio door was open or closed when when he they were in the room and he's like I think it was closed and Jane's like, like awesome. all right cool. let's go <laughs> and Rigsby is terrified because they have not yet eaten and then they agree to get to get drive through on the way home and Rigsby is happy a boy <laughs> there's some I I just wrote down a few quotes here so there, if there's one thing I do like about this the freak guys. <laughs> He is convinced that this gunshot wound is like a genius opening. <laughs> oh god, it's so gross. He's just like, this is perfect, man. I gotta I gotta fucking make moves with this gunshot wound. But we do um, continue to see him strike out with it over the course of the episode, <laughs> yeah, which is yep. fantastic. It's so funny. Uh you gotta so when, one of the things he tells Rigsby is like, hey, you gotta ignore women. That's how they want you, which is like that is peak like late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> Yeah, so Emily did, my wife did specifically bring up in regards to this that there was a show called The Pickup Artist. There was. It was on MTV. I I did not look up to see the time frame coincidence with this. I assume they overlapped or that pre, pre, because it's basically she showed me like a a couple of minutes of clips that I could actually stand, which is basically (laughs) like this guy is that character like yeah, it's, it's like, like total, this total yeah. fucking it's like one to yeah. one it's except except no offense to to the character in the show looks way more respectable than the guy on the actual <laughs> yeah. show for mtv the show was so sure, gross sure. that show was disgusting i watched I never, it i never it was never not good i watched it <laughs> we'll have to talk to sarah about how you do man <laughs> <laughs> i glanced at it <laughs> Uh yeah, so as they're <laughs> as they're getting takeout, what's happening back at the office with uh with Cho Zacko? Oh my god, Cho has pulled in all of Frick's little black book girls. And not they're all. well, no, not, not all. all. H- half of First, the alphabet. A, a through, a through M. M. There's, there's quite a lot. There's so many just like they make them stereotypically like floozy looking girls in the in the <laughs> office, and he's interviewing I'd say them. It's a mixture, though. There's some like there's some regular there's ones. Some, yeah, there's some like like housewives. There's some maybe like business ladies. There's some your typical floozies. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but so so yeah, he's he's interviewing all these women to find out what the relationship was, if there could be like a jilted ex lover situation, and they're all just like, "Now nah, we boned for a few hours, maybe a couple days, and like I went on my way and I was sad." Uh, but it's like just it's it's a comedy, right? They're playing 1980s yeah. porno music. There's some yeah. like slap and bass, real lines. funky sex music playing. Yeah. It's it's. <laughs> I thought it was hysterical. The one thing that was a little um that there was. You know how in movies, I don't know the name of this term, like in movies or TV shows where they show a shot and then they cut to a different shot and cut back and things have changed when they shouldn't have changed, like hand positions are out of order or something. So oh, continuity? Yeah, yeah, the continuity issues. So there's like some weird continuity issues because he interviews two or three people. Some of them don't even say anything. They're just like asking silly questions, whatever. And then he talks to Van Pelt and Van Pelt's like, how's it going? Uh, and she's, he's like, well, I'm interviewing all these people. She's like, you got any leads? Nope. I'm bringing in the rest tomorrow. That's when you find out it's half of them. She found out that there was like that Katie, Katie, no, no, not Katie. Claire pulled out $200,000 in a cashier's check and was going to give it to Paul. Right. But she also found out that her husband Keith is a super control freak, which we had found out earlier, knows about any large transactions, so he would have actually known, even though he lied to the CBI and said he didn't know about the money and the the uh, cheating, he would have known that that money was out of the bank. So that's something that comes up. Right after they talk about that, Cho gets up and he walks out and he's looking at his little note and he goes, Brandy? And like four women raise their hands, but three of them he had already interviewed. So why are they still there? Get one of the ones that raised their hands. <laughs> no, like literally the blonde lady that was right there. Like get out of here, blonde lady. You've already <laughs> maybe talked. They got, maybe they got lost, Sacco. Uh, I mean, they could have. Networking. They could. They also could all know each other for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. since they all go to the same club. They're all. Apparently. They're all Eskimos. <laughs> yeah. They're all Eskimo sisters, right? Is that what it is? Have you guys not heard the term know. Eskimo brothers? It was from. I, I don't have not, from I have not. I have not. Sacco, would it you like to explain that? Eskimo <laughs> Brothers is from the show The League on FX, mm-hmm. which is a very funny show. Um, but the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You find out what Eskimo Brothers are from this guy named Taco, and it's when people, when Eskimo Brothers, or when two guys have had sex with the same woman. So I'm assuming you could just go Eskimo sisters on this, and they're all Eskimo sisters because they all. Why have... was it Eskimo again? Or I don't know. I don't remember the reason behind it. I just remember the term. It's a silly term. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, what was um? And oh, so, God. so yeah. Then after that, they, uh, I think they they want to talk to the husband again, right? Yeah, they go back. So oh, we yeah. Get, we get a great scene. Yeah, what, what happens here? Uh, Rigsby and Cho, or sorry, Rigsby and Jane go to confront the husband to ask him some questions because of this whole, he clearly knew about the affair and lied about it. He clearly knew about the money she was going to spend and canceled the check. Um, and so they show up and he is at some like black tie swarmy, like I imagine like, I got the image I got from him was like, like a Kennedy, like old school Kennedy. Yeah, really waspy. Like, very waspy. Yeah, he's yeah, like very waspy. very waspy, proper, like uptight, pretentious rich. I think he's wearing a cummerbund uh, in this scene. Yeah, like, this he's literally like a full tuxedo, old school. Cigars like, everywhere. Yeah, yeah they're drinking yeah. champagne with like the fancy glasses with the flat tops. Everyone's laughing, stuff. having yeah. a good time. They're all, they're joking about who knows what. Uh, no. 
But uh, Rigsby goes up to him and and is, I will say, very polite and basically says, like, <laughs> uh, hey, like, we have a couple questions we want to ask you. And the guy, like, is like, I'll talk to you, like, later. And Rigsby's like, actually, it won't take very long. Uh, and he's like, look, I will talk to you tomorrow at my office. Like, you need to go. And Rigsby, yeah. like, turns around like a dog that just got, like, <laughs> bo- like, like bopped uh, mm-hmm. and starts to walk away. And then Jane just, like, blurts out, like, in front of this entire crowd is, like, we just want to talk to you about the $200,000 that your your wife was paying to her lover, uh, you know, the murder case that's going on right now. And so this guy, like, flies off the handle as much as, like, rich, pretentious douchebags fly off the handle and basically, like, runs up, like, woes up to Jane and is, like, how dare you, like, I demand respect from you. And, and Jane just fucking boops him on the nose. And it's fantastic. And he's like, like I am, I am so surprised that he didn't get punched here because I yeah. thought that was the other mo, right? And fucking people yeah, knocking him in the face, and then he could be like, "You're arrested, sir." <laughs> but I think that this guy is like literally the type of rich where like the idea of like using his hands in violence is like beneath him. Um, and maybe Jane knew that, but basically wow. like calls him like a like worthless like up like uptight like piece of trash, and like his wife Jane's is not- pissed. Jane's pissed yeah. that the guy's like. He's like, yo, your wife died, and you don't yeah. give a shit. Like, it definitely seemed doing? to me like this. This touched a thing for like, like dead wife. I also got the feeling from the flashbacks that like the wife maybe even like looked a little bit similar to Jane's wife. Like Jane has like a very like personal feeling towards specifically this, and it comes up in several like several moments. Yeah, it, this is something um, we've seen. All, like, yeah, I, the show also deals with like dead wives and. dead and dead husbands yeah. and stuff and jade always either like has a soft spot for them when they're nicer yeah. and he has a particularly I, I, harder spot yeah when they're well, not yeah. yeah and so yeah so he fucking boops this guy and he just like outraged <laughs> i think that it's that awesome. you touch you touched on a good point there scott when you say that this woman may have looked which, like which and, re- and reminded <laughs> all right all right mr ego over there um no when when he when jane was like really uh, he gets he gets absurdly angry at this guy more than he normally does, and is like clearly out of line for what's happening. He's yeah. in line, right? Like he's he's doing what should be done, but that's but not, not necessarily what, you're what supposed to do. Yeah. Right? Not what you're supposed to do. He's he's saying what he's thinking, um, and I think it's I think you're probably right with the fact that this woman looks and reminds him of his wife, and maybe his wife felt maybe he recognizes that his wife felt lonely because he was out on tour all the time because earlier in the episode, he's watching a video of Claire Walcott like playing with a dog and yeah. he like he's really despondent. Like Van Pelt comes over and is like, hey, what like what do you see? And she's like, he's like, I see a lonely person. Where are we going? Like completely unanimated. <laughs> The actress in the the home video does a really good job of like portraying like depre- like depression because yeah. like as soon as you see it you're like she's depressed she's a sad lady <laughs> for sure um, but like I think like you're, I, playing, you're playing with a puppy how do you how do you pull that and out? it's a damn cute puppy it's a pretty but, cute puppy but like yeah I I think that that was something that when it was something that struck me earlier in the episode when he when he was watching that and just was not Jane for like a second he just was someone totally different and this is kind of the flip side of that where he was sad before he's bullshit now and he's it's not angry. it's not typical jane which i thought was kind of cool well and it's the second on the back to back right so this episode he's bullshit 
at the guy who doesn't give a shit about his dead wife. And the last episode, we saw him being bullshit at a father who didn't wasn't really caring for a like a daughter who also lost somebody. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that definitely tracks. So, anyway, sorry for the tangent there. No, 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 no. You no. can bring up when I make a good point whenever you want. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, what happened next? That's when uh, <clears throat> Lisbon. Oh, yeah. We get we get the fallout. From yeah. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. So fucking <laughs> Jane's back on his goddamn couch. Like this is like theory, basically like Snoopy. Yeah. J- Jane doesn't sleep anywhere but the couch, right? Just like he doesn't eat any food or doesn't know how to cook, he the, only sleeps on the couch. This is probably the only place where he can actually sleep. Okay, yeah. I think he's not, so yeah. he sure as fuck ain't sleeping. <laughs> yeah, home. we do. Yeah, we get. We've gotten a couple times where he's gone back home, but I think that he spends a lot of nights there sleeping on that couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he's trying to act like he's sleeping, but. Fucking Lisbon bops him out of the nose real quick, <laughs> and Lisbon's like, "All right, man, like, what, what are you doing, dude? Like, like how, you're you killing keep, me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> like, just one time, can you just not get these rich pricks to fucking this, this." Every rich prick apparently knows the attorney general, and every yeah. fucking- <laughs> like she's probably like just fucking keys car on the way out. So I'm like, don't, yeah, like, <laughs> like don't just like right in his face. You're a smart guy, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you can come up with lots of ways that I don't have to deal with this shit. Uh but he. <laughs> there is a funny thing where you know because essentially the guy's like, hey, like he's gonna he he's gonna drop any charges if you apologize to him. Um. So, like, could you, like, please apologize? And Jane's like, no, I'm not going to apologize. Like, fuck this guy. But, like, he's also, like, Jane calls him a shallow narcissist who's, <laughs> and to, like, call his bluff being, like, he's, he'll, like, this is going to be, like, small and petty or something. And, like, he won't, like. Um, small and silly. Small and silly. And, like, he'll, he he won't keep up with it. And I just found that funny because it's, like, you know, Jane, that is exactly you. Like, you you're <laughs> calling <laughs> This is you yourself refuse. You are a narcissist who refuses to like bend to this guy's will. <laughs> yeah, but is that uh, Jane? That's just Jane knowing the audience. He's like, I recognize this is me, so I know what I would do in this situation. I don't know if Jane recognizes that it's he himself. <laughs> I think he's too much of a narcissist. But he he clearly knows that the other person like would do it. I just it would have been good for Elizabeth to be like, huh, interesting. Yeah, I do know a little bit. I have a little bit of a history with these kind of people. <laughs> Fair. Um. What? So then oh, we yeah get, yeah then we get her in the office with the attorney, right? Yeah. So uh, we get. Before that, well, there is what there's a scene before that where it's Rigsby and Van Pelt who are going to walk over oh, yeah. to um <laughs> to to the to oh, Playboy yeah. freak, and this is Rigsby, like you know, he's he took some he's notes. He's doing his from, best, Beck. He's trying as hard as he can. I he's he's not he's not the smartest guy, but, but he's like, all right, he just he just wants to get together with Van Pelt, right? In, in his defense, even if I think he's also a douche. Throw him episode, a bone. But he's he's like, all right, like let me see if I can try some of these. Uh, some of the tactics that this person told me. So, like, Van Pelt's, like, talking to him. I forget what, but, you know, she's, she's kind of like, talk to him, and he's like, oh, whatever, I don't 
I don't care what you're talking she, about. She's Ugh. she's super excited about the spot. She's like, wow, this place is really like oh, yeah. really fancy. Eight hundred dollars a night, can you believe? And he's like, Yeah, whatever. Whatever. What 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 Talk to my I hand. Don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care. I believe I don't he says she say. says something along with like, Come on, you haven't said anything at all. And he's like, I'll respond when you have something <laughs> worth like responding when to. When you have yeah. something interesting yeah. to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then like walks off. Man, like, man, man felt like fine, you like, jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a but dick. But then, then he immediately <laughs> looks like sorry after she calls him a jerk. He's like he's like, oh, oh guys, no. guys, I don't think it's working. <laughs> I just imagine him in the bathroom like smashing his head against a mirror, and be like Rigsby, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but they do come upon the the Playboy freak. Also striking out because at this point, <laughs> this is so good. This dude has a cast. He's <laughs> wearing a sling. Yeah. In a hot tub. And he's like trying to handle He's like, yo, check it. Listen, it doesn't hurt, but it's a gunshot wound or something. And, and, and these ladies are like, all right, whatever, dude, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> to which he immediately like takes his arm is fine. He just removes the cast. <laughs> immediately. I mean, this dude, though, to be fair, is sitting in a hot tub. With mm-hmm. his jeans on, jeans rolled, rolled up. up. <laughs> He's sitting on the outside. He's not even in the hot tub. Jeans rolled up with just his feet in the hot tub. And these women are sitting there like having their drinks. What, like, dude, just get a bathing suit on and sit in the hot tub with him. Don't be some creepo with like a sling on sitting outside the hot tub. What are you doing? <laughs> but he is a creepo. I guess fair. <laughs> That's true. Call a spade a spade. Um, what was. What did they want to talk to him about? Do you guys remember? The money. Yeah. Was it the money? Okay. Yeah, they bring um, it. They finally bring him in. Like, they finally gotcha, bring gotcha. Frick in. He gets to see the inside of the CVI. Yeah. So so that's when it cuts back to uh, Lisbon dealing with both the, the rich husband as well as this, like, $1,000 an hour lawyer person who doesn't doesn't do dick he just kind of sits there <laughs> like, he doesn't even advise like, his client not to say anything he, yeah. well he's just ta- his no, client tr- says some stupid fucking shit he yeah. tries to but lisbon lisbon took the advice that jane said right to heart and is like i'm just gonna throw this in this guy's face and absolutely ruin him and she does she does a perfect job like manipulating this mega narcissist it was so good so so some of the things that come out because she's like hey listen like so like you knew that she was cheating on, like, d- despite what you're saying earlier, like, you're, you're, you're fucking, you're lying to us, you're, like, just be more forthright. And um, he, uh, the husband's like, yeah, no, I knew it would make me a suspect if I told you that, like, you know, I cut off this person's check and this kind of stuff. And it would be tedious for me, is, is what he says. So he's like, I'd rather not deal with it. And then he also says fun stuff like, oh, yeah, no, my wife had become irritating. He wanted to divorce her because she was irritating. And I was just like, what the fuck kind of person are you? Who are you? Like, that thought, like, I'm married. I'm happily married. I love my wife. She's irritating sometimes. I Just like I'm irritating to her. I would, like, divorce is not even a word that is thought of when someone's annoying. Like, what the hell? I can't imagine why she'd be irritating. (laughs) Dealing with the fucking Jamoka. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, fair. But, Good uh, point. <laughs> her, he, there, he said other stuff like you know, like or Lisbon says like so her like her death saved you a lot of money, and he's like yeah yeah no, no it totally did. 
I mean, again, he didn't do anything, but like just just total knob. <laughs> yeah, big boy knobbing um, it. And that and that's you know as as he's going to leave, he's like, yeah, you'll hear from my lawyers, and that's when uh, Lisbon kind of calls his bluff, and he's like, no, no, you're not. You know, this is, <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off, dude. <laughs> you ain't doing shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, and yeah, so now it's uh, Cho interrogating uh, Mister Freak. What happens here while I change my battery? Yeah, so uh, Cho is interviewing Frick, and just you know. Asking him about the money and, you know, Frick explains that he got invited to be essentially the, um, like a co-proprietor of a club that was opening up in town. And he asked Claire to give him some money. She happily obliged. He tried to, he tried to deposit it. The check didn't work. And she said that she'd fix it on Monday and chose like, well, like, did you care if she didn't? He goes, no, that's the great thing. Cause I got dozens of rich old ladies who want to just give me a pile of money in the middle of this fucking Jane just busts his ass into the interrogation room. And he's like, he's like, Hey, so I had a question and she was like, are you serious? I'm in the middle. He's like, yeah, but I was just something. I was thought of something. And I just, can I do that? Joe's like, fine. What the fuck ever. So he asked him, he's like, so what's the deal with Katie? And uh, what's going on with Katie? And like, you know, that must be really hard for her. And like, she loves you and you're just banging other chicks. And he's like, well, maybe, maybe Katie was a problem there. And Frick's like, nope, no way. No way. Katie had nothing to do with it. He like goes from a gross person to like, well, maybe there's a shred of a human in this guy that like actually cares about someone because it's like sincere mm-hmm. that he doesn't want Katie to be implicated in this, which is nice. And then... Out of the blue, Jade's like, all right, you can go. And Cho's like, no, you can't. It's like, as soon as Detective Cho says you can go and just walks out the door. <laughs> this dude has got to stop letting everyone leave. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Cho busts. This is a habitual fucking misstep. And so, habitual so, line stepper. So, Cho, Cho follows him. He's like, dude, you can't do that. You can't tell people that they can leave. Like, that's it's out of your purview. And Jade's like, hey, uh, Cho, you got any nice clothes? And you, you look at him, and Cho's wearing his regular, it essentially is a bowling shirt with a tie and some slacks. He goes, you're looking at him. He goes, you don't yeah. got anything with a little Check more. this baby out. You don't got anything with a little more zing? And he's like, no. And he goes, well, we're going to have to go shopping. And then. The best scene or the best moments of the uh-huh. series so far happens. I concur. Happens. <laughs> and I don't know who wants to talk about it, but I'll let somebody else talk about it. Scott, you take it. You yeah. take it. You're a I think, Scott, guy. You, you're, you're jazzed about this, so you give us the rundown. Ah, uh, so we get... Cue the music a bit. <laughs> uh, you definitely got to find some bow chicka wow wow. Immediate no, cut to Kimball Cho walking into the resort, like, bar area, uh, <laughs> de- you know, dressed to the nines. He's got the sweet suit on. He's got a sweet, like, black shirt on. He's wearing sunglasses at night because the sun never <laughs> sets in a badass. Clearly, clearly he doesn't really understand that idea because, like, the minute he gets into the place, he, like, can't see, so he takes them off <laughs> and puts them away. He doesn't wear this shit. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> but he uh he looks he fresh as hell yeah he he's looking fresh. he's he looking real fresh. fresh he's looking and everyone knows it because they're all everyone's checking out the yeah. show man yep. everyone knows what's going on 
Damn, so, damn is that Cho? Is that Cho? <laughs> she? Cho? Uh, and he's also got an earpiece because he's tied into Patrick Chain, whose who's idea is that he's going to talk him through seducing some of these women. Uh, mm. Cho heads to the bar and orders a drink, uh, at which point he's supposed to look for some targets to go after. There are two very nice ladies this that are so seated gross. at the bar. Uh, and he immediately is like, yeah, I've, I think I have some people that I could go to. Uh, and he goes over to their table, and so Jane, I think, is, like, about to tell him what to do, or he's like, remember what we talked about, and he's like, yeah, I got it, and, like, goes over to the table and is like, I think what he says is, uh, like, hello, or, hello, ladies, I'll be right with you. Yep. yep. And then yep. and then turns to the waitress who, who has his drink, and he's like, you gotta start, start a tab. Ta- start yeah. a tab, yeah, and takes his, like, whiskey on the rocks or whatever he has, and he's like, uh, names, <laughs> names now, you first, and then like points to one of the ladies. Their names are Darby, you know names? Darby, and so Darby Sarah and Sarah Beth. No, no, yeah. So the only thing I wanted to mention because I was losing my shit at this. Yeah. Because. Ch- Cho is literally doing what he's done the entire yeah, series. Yeah. He's changed. just him interrogating these chicks. <laughs> Nothing's changed. He's, it's all yeah. It's all the scenery behind what, what's happening. This is literally what he does every episode. Yeah. Where he's like, "Hey, my name is Cho. What are your names? You go first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Tell me about yourself." Yeah. He's just asking yeah. all these questions. And I was fucking dying because yeah. it was so good. It was and then Jane is in like the back like room, and they're like all the crew, whole crew's there, and he's like, "It's natural." <laughs> Rigsby is like, "I don't get it. I don't understand women. How yeah. is this working?" Yeah, uh, he, has, uh, he has he has another like kind of gross line or something where he's like, "Oh, women suck." <laughs> yeah. Or he's like, "I give up on women" or something like that. Van Pelt uh, turns and goes, "You can't generalize all women in general." I was like, why did uh, you say yeah. general twice, you idiot Van Pelt? Yeah. And Rigsby just looks <laughs> like a she sad She doesn't even puppy. know what Eureka means, all right? She doesn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so and then so basically it's him talking to these two ladies at this point. Uh, we get uh, Katie, who is the waitress, uh, mm-hmm. who's like working that night. The manager, whose name is Hotly, Hotly, Hotly. Also who the cares? lead singer of the fun. The murderer. Yeah, the murder uh, man. Lead singer of fun. Tells her. Tells, basically tells her that she's already worked a double so she can clock out, offers her a drink on the house, which she is very excited about, because who wouldn't be excited Free about booze, that? Baby. Free drink, baby, let's go. Um, uh, and then, so at this point, we get the second phase of the plan, where Cho is supposed to go and speak with Katie. So he needs to get rid of the two women at the table, so he leans over and whispers something in Darby's ear. Yep. Uh, at which point she gives him a disgusted look, and I think Sarah Beth asks what he said, and she like leans over and whispers in her ear, uh, and then they like Darby grabs Sarah Beth and goes to pull Lee. Sarah Beth though looks back; she's interested. Sarah Beth she wants said, it. She wants uh, it. Interested. I'm Jane, intrigued. Jane knows exactly what is like laughs to himself because Lisbon asks like, "What did he say?" And he and he like laughs for a second and says, "You don't want to know." We see Rigsby laughing. Uh, <laughs> Which I don't like. Why is he laughing? Does he doesn't know what the fuck? I like, think no. I think like, it's, it's pretty it's obvious what he said. What did he say? I don't know. What did he say? He's cool. I mean, this is this is this is my theory, but he's uh-huh. clearly looking for a threesome with the two of them. 
Yeah. Oh, I think sure. that's okay. that's the implication. For sure. Okay. Which is okay. why we get the mixed reaction from the friends <laughs> and, and the fact that all of the guys knew, or the, at least the people there, they knew sort of what he was getting at. <laughs> which, which, to be fair, bold move by Cho, because if the, if the girls had been reversed, maybe it wouldn't have gotten rid of them. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, there could be other things involved, but my original, my thought was like, yeah, he's that just asking. That was where my the, head went to. I, yeah. See, the only reason I feel like it can't be that is because, oh, how do you say no to the Cho man like that? Yeah, it's true. That's, he's looking that's, fine. That is he's, some. He's that is some real good. That's some willpower by Darby right there. Yeah. Yeah. Big, do you want to take that's phase just more two? Cho. Yeah. So at this point, this is um, the the waitress. You know, she gets the night off, but she does see the uh, Playboy freak walk in with his arms across two ladies and. This dude just <laughs> knows one place to hang out, and it's at this place, at this this lady's restaurant. Um, and he's kind of chatting up to two girls. Uh, and um, you said Katie. You said Katie was her name. Yep. Katie, yeah. Ka- Katie, Katie the like clearly, clearly like in, still in love with um, with Freak. Is like frustrated at the situation, and he, she kind of like goes off and kind of sits by the bar to like, kind of drink some problems away. Um, and that's when like Cho kind of goes and joins up, joins her, uh, sits down, also gets a drink, uh, and they kind of like talk a little bit. Uh, this is when uh, she kind of mentions how she is still in love with with him and how he used to be like a sweet, uh, nice person, like not as much of like a dick as he or like a creep as he looks now, like which is what Cho mentions. Uh, she mentions that like he was nice and that like she was the one who screwed it up. Uh, by saying mean things, they don't elaborate on like the mean things, but um, she's clearly down. And Cho's like, "Hey, like you know, like here, let me lift your spirits. Like, uh, let you know, like let's make them jealous or something." And she's like, "Oh, like are you hitting on me?" And Cho's like, "Very matter of fact, like yes, I'm I am hitting on you. <laughs> that is the implication. Yes, this is me hitting on you." And he's like, "Yeah, like like let's let's make them jealous. Like let's." Uh, I'm I'm in like room two oh six, like like just get like you know lean on my arm and you know just start laughing and let's let's kind of give him a good show. Um, she's all about it, so they they kind of like walk off into um, it, I it, presumably to the to the hotel room, yeah, and, the hotel you know, section of the resort, yeah, and like freak freak definitely notices and he's a little bit sad as he's kind of trying to hook up with these two girls. Um, at this point, this is when, uh, <laughs> so this is when Cho and her, like, get into the, the hotel room, and she, you know, she's, she's having a good time, and, and Cho's like, all right, so, like, I have, <laughs> I work for the CBI, my name is Kimball Cho, uh, this, this is part of an undercover investigation. This has all been a ruse. <laughs> it's a sting operation. She's like, wait, we're not, we're not gonna have fun? And he's like... Uh, I am sorry. <laughs> Sincerest apologies. <laughs> she she says, I'm so embarrassed. And just responds with, that's understandable. <laughs> that's so and, brutal. To and which she just starts bawling. Nice. Yeah. So, and Joe's like, oh God, what just yeah. happened? <laughs> what have I done? So I just texted both of you a picture that I paused the TV show <laughs> yeah. and you have to see the face that Joe's yeah. Because <laughs> it's almost like the, the the and the reaction sort of like backs us up, but the, to, in my head, I feel like at some point during this, he's just like 
almost convinced himself that she's also in on this. And so, like, when they get back to the hotel room, he's like, all right, we're safe. Like, we can all stop pretending. And then she's like, oh, no. Or or even if, like, like in his eyes, like, him saying, like, hey, this is an undercover operation is, like, enough for her to be like, oh, okay, I totally yeah, get it. Absolves, <laughs> absolves him of all, like, the... We're all yeah. on the level. I wasn't just emotionally a wreck 20 yeah. minutes ago. I mean, don't kill myself, but... <laughs> I felt so uh, bad. For, I felt so bad yeah. for Katie in that <laughs> moment. I did, I did feel bad. And like, <laughs> I'd be more annoyed at Joe if it wasn't for like, this is very in line with his character. Yeah. Like, yeah. He yeah. is not. This he is, is what not he would team, do like, in that situation. For sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he, like, again, he feels very bad about what just happened. Um, so. You know, as as Cho is like apologizing to her, essentially, uh, we get a we get a scene of uh, like a camera, like of this dude in this like hooded outfit and a gun, and he is gonna go into room two hundred six, and that's this is the the manager person again, who is apparently again trying to kill Cho. I would assume in yep. this situation. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because he's the, the, like I don't. The best thing I could think of, is, uh, yeah, the best thing I could think of in his situation was like maybe hoping that like he like Joe was gonna be like a bad person who was like trying to hurt Katie, and he could like <laughs> swoop in and like protect her. Uh, maybe, or, but like that to me is like door. from his crazed perspective. Like, what is your best case scenario? Walking into this hotel room with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, he walks into the hotel room, and it's actually the one with all the CBI people, because then it Van Pelt, <laughs> Van Pelt, Rigsby, they all pull guns on him, and, and he's like, well, I fucked up. <laughs> well, I fucked up. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. Uh, and we kind of get the, essentially, like, what is more or less the confession scene of of uh the CBI kind of talking to him and being like all right like um like what happened here and he and he the lays out the scene in full which is that like um he was in love with Katie um and he was very frustrated that this this playboy frick was like playing around you know like you know sleeping with women and like not not helping Katie but at the same time he's pissed that he's like occasionally sleeping with Katie um he and his whole idea was he was gonna like kill Frick he but he accidentally killed the other um can we, can we talk for a second about how fucking terrible this guy's aim has to be because he Awful. shot Katie what what like four times and like grazes his arm like what he just like run into a dark room and just like start firing <laughs> <laughs> yeah this guy <laughs> this dude clearly like moonlights as a stormtrooper or something like it is but all, not. and also knowing this like frick's reaction is also like even more weird because <laughs> someone has like the keys to open your the door of your room walks in starts blasting <laughs> and your reaction is to like scoot outside from the dead body Find someone else who's staying at the hotel and then sleep in their room. That I, night. Well, I think well, that's the, what's oh, yeah. the implication is that he called her 
to get her out there. This was a number that he called because when they go talk to the people at the front desk and the other, the other part is that this woman has to live nearby, which tracks if she's a doctor, she can live near fancy bullshit because they say the silver Cadillac in room, whatever checked in seven minutes oh, yeah, after at, like, the shooting yeah. at yeah, like yeah, two 30 yeah. in the morning. So the mm-hmm. idea is that Frick got he shot, called, to called the doctor lady, and was like, please come save my but life. Like, why not go oh. back to like anywhere else? <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, so the part that was like, hey, blowing my mind is, all right, so in, in theory, Freak slept through the shooting is, is, I think, the initial idea, right? No, he's like, uh, yeah, because Freak yeah, wouldn't like, have, like, he couldn't have he just been like, him, right? But I also can imagine Freak is like very chill about this whole thing. Yeah, I imagine he's the type of person that like the like the shots went off. Maybe he got grazed in the arm initially, like rolled off the bed and then like rolled under the bed and waited for the storm to blow over. (laughs) He strikes (laughs) me as that type of person. I thought the but the murderer like I thought I thought he assumed he killed the guy. Yeah, like yeah, he just I, shot blindly a bunch of times. He's like, all right, my job's done. I think he did. I think that's what he did. did. Okay, okay. But I don't think he would have stopped shooting, like, because, like, he, yeah, because the the later part of this is Jane basically gets really upset that, like, he's not even, like, he's still focused on Frick when he, like, murdered an innocent woman, and the guy's like, yeah, well, I didn't mean to do that, and he's like, well, you're not even sorry about it, and the guy's like, look, I am sorry, and he's like, just say you're sorry. No, well, so no, he does. He, he, he's like, yeah, again, a whole bunch of scumbags. He's he's like, yeah, no, I I messed up. I killed I killed the wrong lady. Sue me. But then he he tries to justify it yeah. by being like, ah, but she also kind of had it coming. Like, yeah, right. She was cheating. Like, that's I had to take her life. <laughs> Not like anybody cares. That's what he says. Yeah. And then Jane flips on him. Yeah, and yeah, it's he's awesome. like, I care about her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we get a little human moment with Jane. Yeah. yeah. I think the most <laughs> redeeming part of all of it, though, <clears throat> happens right after they're done talking with him. And so, I, I don't know if it's Lisbon or Van Pelt or whatever. They go, hey, where's Cho? And Rigsby's like, I tried calling him a few times. He didn't pick up. <clears throat> and it cuts to Katie, who is clearly drunk. And Cho, who may or may not be drunk, you don't know. They're sitting at the foot of the bed. I'm assume no. Yeah, the assumption (laughs) is no. But they're sitting at the foot of the bed in the room that they were in, and Katie's just, like, spilling her guts to Cho. And Cho's, like, clearly being a shoulder to lean on at this point. And he's like, she's like, well, at least I'm not crazy. He goes, no, you should probably get some psychiatric help. (laughs) And she's like, she, like, kind of laughs it off and puts her head on his shoulder. And you look at him, and you're like, no, he really means you should get some (laughs) psycho help, lady. So that that was so funny to me because like the same way the first time because I watched the episodes two times the first time I watched it I think because of the way like the scene was starting of like being like okay now it's back to Cho and you don't quite see them yet I was like oh it just shows the badge on the nightstand I was like oh god yeah, are, they, yeah. like, are they fucking like is that they what's going not on be here doing it. I think that was the and, implication yeah and then they they're not they're just like sitting on the the ground in front of the bed and I'm like oh okay like so you know they're like they're both having a good conversation, you know, like make it feel better. But like again, we <laughs> the second time I watched it, I was like, oh no, like Cho doesn't. Cho, that's the only line Cho says is is 
Because she's like, love is crazy, I guess. And Joe says, no, it isn't. You need to seek psychiatric help. And that's the only, so he's not, I don't even know if this guy's comforting her at all. <laughs> she, but she seems, seems comforted. Yeah, she seems, she comforted. seems comforted. So it's a, Cho, Cho's not a, he's, he's smiling too. Because like, I yeah, think it's, like, the sa- it's the same thing with the ladies at the club that clearly were into him. It's all about the context. Like, he's a constant. He uh, he's Plank's constant, and uh, everything else in the world is changing around him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and then we get what is more or less the final scene. Uh, what happens here, Sacco? Yeah. So it's Jane sitting at the bar, <clears throat> and he's just like not even drinking. He's like twirling his drink around in his hand, just kind of hanging out there. And Paul like sheepishly saunters up to him, and he's like, "Can I have a sit?" And he goes, "Yeah, sure." He sits down and they're like just small talk bullshit. And uh, Paul's like, yeah, I got some spicy numbers. Like I got some good numbers tonight. And he looks over at Katie, who's still working. And like his tone changes. Like, yep, they're really good numbers. And Jane looks at him and fucking huzzes his drink right in his <laughs> face. And goes, yeah. I, and goes, I wish you'd stop being such an idiot. You have a woman that knows who you are and still loves you. And this is how you're acting, you dumb moron. So he like, <laughs> Paul's face, like zero repercussions for dumping an entire drink on this guy's face. He looks at Jane like a, like a kicked puppy and then walks over to Katie and you hope that like, happily ever after but what i thought was really nice is that this woman this like beautiful woman comes walking over to jane and is like hey i saw you sitting over here looking lonely my friend and i were wondering if you'd like to join us and it pans over to the other woman this other gorgeous woman like dressed up to the nines and he turns and looks at her and shows her his wedding ring and says sorry i'm married and she turns around i'm like that's sweet Good for you, Jane. Like, you could hook up with any chick you want, but, like, you still <laughs> love your wife. And if that's is your it, thing... Is it good for him, though? I mean, if it's that's... probably not healthy for him. Yeah, no. That, is that good for him? No, but if, but if that's the way that, like, he's coping, I think that's reasonable. Like, I... I don't... That's... No, no, wait, wait. That is distinctly not coping. <laughs> how is that not coping, though? How... At this point, how long has his wife been... Since but, his, his wife passed? But does it... I mean, I think that's a purely objective thing i think or like or not objective i think this is a subjective thing as to when moving like some people are never ready sure, to move on of course and that of could course, be jane and that's fine but that but that i would say that's not co- like that's not it's coping. neutral that's just it's neutral like that's his life though and that like i think that's that's a strong it's choice a nice for him. character moment it, yeah. it was a, it, you you got outside of our per- feelings about it it's more like okay like in that small act, we learned more about Jane. And, yeah. And, like, uh, yeah. he's definitely not over. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah. I took the, I took it more as, like, this is, it's a solidification of the, like, there is no, there's no happy ending for Patrick Jane. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. Like, he has, he has made, already, he's, like, he's already dug his grave. Like, there, like, there's no, there's no way out for yeah. him out of this He's scenario. still wearing the ring. He's yeah. like fondling with the ring like it's yeah. like on his mind. That's that's how sure. I took it. I was I wasn't like this is like a nice moment that he's still like in love with this like it was like <laughs> like he is on a vendetta that he knows ends in like his like in a mutual destruction. All right, that's fair. He is stuck in time. Yeah, exactly. That Yeah. And that's unfortunate, right? Like I mean Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there's no yeah. Yeah, no. I I will also say that I, that's the first time, and I don't know if I've just missed it. I've never noticed that he still wears the ring. Me neither. 
I've, I haven't noticed it either. And I would assume for continuity's sake that he, like, there's probably other scenes where you can see it, that, like, he's wearing it. But they've certainly mm-hmm. never made a big deal of it before, and I've never noticed that he's he's probably always wearing it. Yeah. yeah which yeah, is interesting. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, think, I think it was... <laughs> So uh, the, my issues with with the episode aren't as much with the the episode. Like, it's 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 a little complicated. Okay, so I think it's a very. Have you guys ever heard of a book called "I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell"? That or, sounds familiar. Have you told me about that? Maybe. Maybe it's so. Uh, it's a, by a person called Tucker Max. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, so this, the, the time of this, so this episode came out either 2008 or 2009. I forget exactly when. Um, but like, this is, uh, I hope they serve beer in hell. Beer in hell is like a comedy book. I worked in a, uh, Barnes and Nobles for a year or two, I want to say. Um, and like, this was always like one of the best sellers in the comedy section and it is it is very much the playboy in this episode. It it's very much the like <laughs> like the frat boy like here are the rules to like hook up with any women that you wanna like you wanna meet. And it's like you know jokingly the thing of you know like blah blah blah. And and, and it's for for whatever reason I don't know how popular the book is or this person is, but it always. I feel like media loved this characterization of like how dudes could score with chicks, right? Yep. Uh, or like, or just like it was like very like weird generalizations of it all. Um, or like men are from Mars, winner, women are from. It just always felt like a very like juvenile look at like all this kind of stuff, and like the media, like I feel like media in general at that time like loved it. Um, there's another. Well, I think that there's there just on that note that there's I mean I think that's true of a ton of stuff, right? Is there's always like people are always looking to boil down very complex situations into like five easy rules for fat loss, <laughs> or yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like here's the two things you need to know about buying a house. Like no, yeah. there's like there's you know, a ton like, of shit you need to know. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of factors. But like it's it's nice to be like. This if if I knew these two things, if you could things, solve such yeah, a yeah, 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 I could get with any woman that I wanted, but like <laughs> or like this is how you solve the stock market. <laughs> yeah, yep. it did raise up a it did raise a funny point from uh, Emily was I was talking to me, he's like uh, about like why specifically this guy and the pickup artist, but like why wouldn't it be better if like the idea is like you're gonna like make this like a thing you're selling. Or like to like get an attractive person to do it, or like you know like <laughs> a, like a, above average looking person to do it, mm-hmm. and to which my counter was like above average to very attractive people don't really need special rules or systems for <laughs> <laughs> doing these things. Nope. So you also might not trust them to do it. It's like if Michael Jordan is like probably a really bad basketball coach because like. While he personally tried really hard, you just have to he, dunk he on doesn't. Un- time, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, why not just shoot it in the basket? Well, it's like, well, MJ, so simple. It's difficult for some of us, <laughs> <laughs> but play um, better. There, so it, it's just there's so many like weird. Um, it yeah, like the whole like it, I couldn't stop thinking about how the writer 
before this episode probably read that book and probably loved that book because it, it felt like every permutation of any dude in this episode was like was a preacher of of the, <laughs> these ideas right because again I, I i'm probably putting too much into it but i was like all right all of a sudden rigsby turned into a douche all of a sudden jade turned into a douche like all these people are yeah. douches and i again i'm probably putting a little bit too much into it but i was like and then it's like van pelt didn't do much in that episode lisbon didn't do much in that episode it was just like a weird like creepy yeah, but, dudes episode <laughs> but it's but it's trashing on that right like everyone is it yeah, but everyone that did it didn't get like, did like it, it, the approach for Rigsby didn't work. Van, in oh. fact, it just made Van Pelt angry. Like we don't get a scene at the end where like Rigsby or Van Pelt's like, "Hey, Rigsby, like let's go grab a drink sometime." Paul, and then so, the main the main Paul character Frick is a total like sad, miserable human. Yeah, we learn that he's he's literally he's chasing at windmills, right? Like so, this whole time that he's devoting his life to this this false pursuit. When, like, the real thing that he actually wants is, like, an actual relationship with the person that's, like, sitting right in front of him. So this is actually perfect because this is another thing I wanted to ask you guys. I'm very curious to hear your opinion on what do you think the show is trying to make a commentary on with Paul Freak as a character? Do you think he... So, and I, I want to... The thing I wanted to compare it to was the Wicca episode, right? Like, yeah. I think uh, with... I forget her name from the Wicca episode, but I, I want to say, like... Tamsin, um, Tamsin, Dove. Tamsin, yes, nice, nice, nice. Uh, so Tamsin in the Wick episode, oh, that episode read to me like they were trying to make her as like a crazy person, like this is someone like, like what a weirdo, like that you know she's like really into like Wicca, like she's doing these like weird blood sacrifices, blah blah blah. Um, like look at her, she's weird. Uh, do you think? What do you think that this episode was trying to make of Freak? Do you think it's similar? Do you think they're trying to make this guy to seem like weird or negative or neutral or positive? If I had to put one word on it, it would be husk. Husk? Husk? Yeah, Yeah, he's an empty husk. That would be... He's just like a shell of a human? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the same thing. Like, to me, it's painting like the very obvious picture of like the facade of like this is these are the things that you need to be happy, right? It's like fast, you know, fast cars, expensive hotels, like like attractive women like if like cycling through like a new woman every night but then at the end of the day like every time we're seeing him have an actual moment where he's relating to a person he's sad and like it's not like he's not fulfilled by the lifestyle that he's portraying as the most successful version of this lifestyle right like it's like but but he does get his happy ending right so well, he I, I think he gets a chance at it, right? So we don't know whether it works out. And the one thing I will say is that I wish that they had gone into more deep. So, uh, what what the heck, Katie? So Katie says that when they had that fight and they like broke up the first time, that she was the one who had said some really mean things. Yeah, he, she basically absolved. She's like, she that, yeah. again, I, I, this is my negative light on it, but it's like she's like, oh no, he's a really nice person. He's a sweetheart. I'm the asshole that like really messed it up you know yeah so i think that that could go one of two ways right one is mm-hmm. like this idea of like almost like like battered wife syndrome right or like where like someone is like like <laughs> trying to make up for what yeah where you're no munchausen is uh when you fake illness right yeah i think it's stockholm right. stockholm stockholm yeah yeah, yeah. So, like, where you're trying to protect, like, protect or build up this person that is actually, like, a horrible, evil person. And I'm not saying that Frick, Frick is a horrible, evil person. 
And I think that the only way that I, so what I disagree with is, is Frick good enough for Katie? And I think that maybe is your issue with this, right? Is that like, does, no, does, I don't think so. so like that, that was my question is like, why should Frick even have a chance to go back with someone as good as Katie? And the only way that I could justify them out of my head is if, like, if she did really say, like, some, like, nasty, vile stuff to him, then I, I, maybe I they deserve no, each other. I don't, um, I don't know who Katie is a person. Like, yeah, you don't show know really does. Does. She do seems nice, though. Like, every every animation that you get of her, she seems like a good person. There's I, nothing that would lead you to believe I would she's want not. both, like, so I guess my, my issue is more with... And I don't, I don't even know how much of an issue it is. It, it's just like, I think the show, I guess to answer my question, I don't think at least the show is making out this Playboy person to be a victim or a bad person at all. I, I think the show is probably neutral towards him. Um, I don't think necessarily positive, but like they give him a good ending. They, they, they like, they kind of, redeem him in some ways right uh so and it's for me it's more of a um i i I think it's more of it like what am i trying to say here it is more of a verdict on like what i think the show does that like makes it miss for me which is that uh it feels very much like it sees that these I like these rules, these like these almost like joke rules for like scoring chicks as like, hey, this is like the cool. This is like this is how you could do it, and this is like a fun, cool way. It's not like so weird, and and it's it just that like style of media has always been like weird to me, um, and probably not before. Um, there's a what is it? Um, did you guys ever see? There's like a Megan Fox interview with jimmy kibble uh that came up from this was this was like early like transformers stuff and um she's kind of talking about like how she was like oh like hey like so i was like i was like 16 years old and like michael bay was like making me like in a bikini like doing shower stuff and it was a little weird and jimmy kibble's like oh man we're all thinking it though it's like and it it's it's weird because it's like it's just such a that particular time like all this stuff happened all the time right it was just like a uh like a almost like a boys will be boys or like a like this is just how it's like how it's like fun and done and it's just like and it, the media like ate that stuff up I feel like at the time uh, we don't really see that kind of stuff as much anymore I don't I don't think anymore. no because but I don't, see yeah to me like I don't even see this as like. I don't, I don't know. I didn't get that. Like, I saw them showing. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't get this as in any way. I, a I don't think it's. I don't think the episode itself is like positive bad by that any lifestyle. means. I think my reading into it is more negative. I think. Yeah, I got more but, like if the best way I could like make a metaphor is like it's a guy who keeps talking about how awesome skateboarding is, and you see occasionally clips of him like doing like okay and then occasionally like falling down and then the end of the episode he's like strapping on rollerblades for the first time yeah and it's like well is that really an endorsement for the skateboarding life or like what (laughs) it just so uh, i mean i the guy's a womanizer right those people exist 
those people exist now. Those people existed back then. And um, the way that society has progressed via social media and just like being honest with ourselves, like that shit doesn't fly. That still exists. And they're there I'm sure are still women and men that live that lifestyle and enjoy it and that makes them happy and whatever. Do you if you want to do you. But I think the whole point is that this dude was using that as the worst coping mechanism for not yeah. being strong enough to go try to do what he actually wanted to do, which was be in a relationship. And it took <laughs> the almost death of him the death of a woman that he was sleeping with and apparently some dude slamming a drink in his face to realize like, I'm not happy here. And so for me, so for me, yeah, like I don't, I don't think it portrays him as like a, as a hero, a villain or anything. I think he's just a, it's a vehicle for like, he was, he was a piece of bread and, and this like garbage thought process of like, this is how you got to be a playboy to, to win which was like a trope of early to, of the like late 2000s was a common one maybe yeah like a common like there was tv shows that had seasons dedicated to <laughs> how to pick women up and just like watching a guy pick women up right it was probably all scripted like, but like that's, and that's what i mean like none of these people were portrayed as creeps like you know no, it's, it's they they weren't it seems creepier show? now i feel like what what's up i think you're, you're, are you talking about in that show or in in the the Because well, I think Frick is clear. Like they always, they're constantly talking about how much of a creepy is, right? So that, but that's what again. I, this is my read into it. Is that I never felt like so the the show would call him a creep, right? But I don't think. Or, or sorry, not the show, but the characters would call him a creep. But I don't think the show would portray him as a creep. I, I think, think it did show him as a creep, though. Cause like he's creeping on like multiple like sets of women that then like like peace off once he like starts talking to them. So so, uh, I guess the part where I would disagree on that is that it doesn't, and, and uh, maybe it shouldn't. This is where it gets a little messy. I I just the show takes a very neutral stance on all that, right? There's nothing inherently wrong with like hitting but, on somebody and striking. But part out. of it is that he's like successful at what he does, right? Like that's how he ends up in the room in the first place, right? So they can't show him like just like striking out and being a laughing stock the entire time. Yeah, right? yeah, but that, that's what I, I don't think that's what I mean is I don't think the show is showing him to be a creep. I think people will call him a creep, but I, I don't un- I don't understand the difference. I thought he was a creep. Yeah, Emily thought he was a creep. So I think if you go back to 2009 and watch this, I would think he's less of a creep, right? Because that was more normalized. I think I would. That's what I think. Like I I think I would for sure. And I don't. I like what I think. Bick, what you're saying is like when. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to put words in your mouth. But like, there's ways, artistically, cinematography wise, whatever you want to call it where you could make this guy creepier than he actually is. To me, he read, and what I thought the show portrayed him as, was a womanizing buffoon who didn't know what he wanted. I didn't get super creepy vibe from... I th- Again, personally, I thought he was creepy, but I'm... <laughs> I don't I'm know sort of, how you can read his character any other way, but so that's that, just my, my That's opinion. why I brought up with the Wicca one, because I thought that was a good example of that. 
for me, in my head, the show was making a commentary on the Wicca person, and it was a negative commentary. Yeah, I think the I've show... also read that in this episode about his life. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The, so that that's why I think it's really interesting because for me, I didn't I didn't get any negative connotations from the well, show. What's he do with this? Whole, so what what is the end resolution for him? He gets a good ending. He gets to... No, but, but what is the ending in respect to the lifestyle that he's chosen? What do you mean? Do you, all right, so do you read that that the lifestyle him that he had to, chosen up to, up to that point is one that he's going to continue doing, or is he abandoning it completely for almost the polar opposite? Well, so for me, the, the, the character gets to be with the love of his life. What, was it, uh, what I would say is, but, but, but in what way? What do you mean in what way? So do you think that he is going to get with the love of his life and continue to pick up women, different women every night, like, and just go back to the original plan? Or do you think that the, what they're saying is that what he actually wants is a monogamous lifestyle with this woman? Well, no, no, but see, for me, that's, I think that's a, I think that's a negative that he can, like, the if the idea is that he isn't. Like just get the gets to do whatever he wants. I don't have an but issue with him trying but to sleep agnostic, with people. Agnostic of him, though, what is the what is the commentary say, the show saying about the two lifestyles? Well, but I think that so the show, at least my reading on it, is that the show is saying that you get to have your cake and eat it too in this situation. Like you can, I think, you I can think it's very clearly saying that what one is a very hollow lifestyle that's not fulfilling and won't make you happy, and one is the actual lifestyle that will make you happy. But I guess and, my and that's thing agnostic is that, like, of whether never, or not you believe. But that's agnostic of whether you believe in second chances or that they're, you know, like people can well, come or like that's fine, regardless of the did, characters. But what the show is, uh, let me ask did, you: Did the character face any hardship? Did did the I'm, character ever actually face any hardship to get to the point where now he got to disregard that lifestyle and get his happy ending? I mean, it depends on what you read into the character set. Like, I think that like. So I think you could very easily read that like most of this is emotional hardship for him, right? It's it's he has he's lost this thing and probably there's like the the interpretation right there is that they had this huge fight and fallout, right? And so she said if if what they're saying is accurate in the show is she said these terrible things about him during a fight that she didn't make she didn't mean or whatever and that hurt his pride to the point where like he couldn't be with her anymore. Mm-hmm. And then at this point he goes on this lifestyle where he's trying to fill that hole that's been created with all these women and per- essentially is pretending to be happy because mm-hmm. in all the times when we see him, like he is clearly not happy um, with the with the way that things are, even though he's being successful at this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So to me, like you could read that as like a journey of suffering, like even though like suffering in serious air quotes, yeah, right? Yeah. Like. I but just, like, yeah, but like, that, I just don't see it that is like yeah. emotional. Like for him, like clearly he is unhappy. He maybe is depressed. Like, and he's putting on this facade that everything's fine and like this is exactly what he wants. But clearly, it's not exactly what he wants. And then at the end, when like Jane gives him this like final like, just stop being a dick, and like, like then he gets the chance to try to do that. And like we're not, we don't see that like he maybe goes over to her and she like slaps him in the face because Kim totally. Cho convinced her but, that like she's better than him which she probably is but like so my only thing is the how the show does it right and I don't think the show goes to any lengths to make this guy seem I mean and at, at some point we're going to be going in circles so I don't want to like belabor it too much but for for me just none of it read like the show is trying to be 
to showcase like, hey, like this guy like really messed or like, you know, this isn't like as great of a person as it may seem. It always seemed like, you know, he, he he's he's doing his thing relatively neutral and he gets he gets to ultimately like be with the person he wants to be with. Yeah, but that to me it's like reads as exactly what you're saying that it's not like it like that to me I'm probably is, I'm probably yeah. explaining it poorly. I I'm you, sure so, there's a better way I could so, explain so you, it. But. So I think the thought and again, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm just trying to listen. You guys have had a re- very good conversation here. Is your thought a bit as a question on this? While he's sleeping around with all this women, do you think he's genuinely happy? Do you think that Frick is genuinely happy? So I, I guess for, it's it's well I guess it's, I'm, I'm, it's I'm, an, I'm, I just don't know. Yeah, so I'm just asking your. Read. I don't think it matters. I, for no, me, I, I don't think it matters. I think it. So so I think this is where and I I line up more with Scott on this thought, and I think that yeah. that very specific point is why it matters a hell of a lot, because if he living the life that he thinks is great is actually not happy, which is the way that I feel it was portrayed, that he's not... The first time you see him, he's smooth, he's calm, he's collected. And every mm-hmm. time you see him post that, he gets more and more sad realizing, like, I, and this is, again, what I'm, what I'm reading into it, he seems to get more and more sad about the life that he's living and the fact mm-hmm. that he didn't suck it up and deal with the fact that he had feelings for Katie and wants to continue to have feelings for Katie. And like Scott said, he's trying to fill that void. So if that is the way that you read it, and if it's not, that's fine. But I think it matters that you, you take a stance on how he actually feels because then at the end, when he goes, all right, I'm going to give up the garbage life that I've lived and suffering a journey of suffering where he's been doing the shit that he doesn't want to do because he thinks it's right and goes back to what he's trying to do, which is the polar opposite. I think that that is actually a, a pretty poignant thing, right? So, so the only reason I I'm saying it doesn't matter is because my critique on the show is that it's not, I would like it to be more negative on a character like this, right? and and that and that's a little personal because I'm like I I just don't like like yeah. this kind it's of portrayal. A, at some point, he's a guy standing on a yacht crying into his money about how he has no friends, or like you know, it's like yeah, it's a sure. very unrelatable. I, I just like 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 it's it's very hard to feel anything but like contempt for this person. And, I and just that, yeah, yeah, it's just like for me, I I think like why does he get any chance at redemption? I and I very much understand like like he should fucking end up. But like I don't know, he should have been the one that got shot in the first place, right? So like, <laughs> oh, I I just think it, I think the character is very is very much neutral. I don't I don't think uh, like the show is showing this character to be particularly bad or not, like, or any worse than like a, like a general character can be. Yeah. I I feel like uh, I, I think wish he does he could read as a, bad, a better way. Yeah, I think he does read as a bad character, and I think that there is an interesting point right there at the end where like. You're getting him where clearly this relatively like terrible person is getting a second chance that he probably doesn't deserve to get happiness sandwiched right next to Jane, who we like, I think we all agree is like deep down, probably a really good guy who is like so locked into this vendetta and like clearly is not going to get a second chance at like actual happiness, like in life. And I think that there is maybe even like an actual like intended message there that like sometimes life just fucking sucks and like you you don't always get to like not always like do the good people get the good outcomes and the bad people get bad outcomes 
Like sometimes it's just sort of a mixed bag of like shit. And yeah. I wonder. That's not really satisfying, but. Yeah, I'm trying to. You just wanted yeah. him to be portrayed as way more negative than he actually was. I wish I could find, um, to, to, like how in the Wick episode, you know, there was scenes of her, like, being like, oh, yeah, and, like, the Kalin, you know, they're, they're, the humans are the Kalin. Like, I feel like the show really played up how, like, weird the Wicca, like, you know, like, or, like, oh, man, like, isn't it weird how she's, like, saying all this kind of stuff? I just, I, I, I'm trying to think of, like, if, is there an equivalent of that in this episode with Freak? And, and when he's and, talking about, like, the, what was the whole, what was the system for women? is like control, ex- yeah. like, I read that as the same way as, like, this is, like, psychopath talk so, about, so, like, so, how to deal and, with women. And, and this is probably where it's, like, I... Because for me, then it's like Riggs, Rigsby's like, yeah, no, that's perfect. And Riggs, but, that's like, but like, yeah, Rigsby is your token idiot, though. So, yeah, I just. He's your every man, you know. And, and I guess that's where my problem comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe, but. maybe, maybe they even like didn't want to include more of that for the fear that like some people are going to watch this episode and be like, this is the guy that I actually want to emulate. <laughs> And it's, I mean, I think, I think they do show some other negative stuff. Like when the first time after they talked to him, Van Pelt's like, we should take him in for being creepy. And Lisbon's like, yeah, it should be an arrestable offense, but it's not, unfortunately. Like, I think there is, there is like a definitive negative light shed on him. Maybe not to the point where you're like, this guy's just a scumbag. And I think it's because in, in the grand scheme, Right, I'm not condoning the behavior that this guy has done, but in the grand scheme, the shit it's that he's relatively neutral, yeah. Right, the shit that he's doing is is nothing, right? It's, it's not illegal. It's nothing, and and compared to the dude who's just blindly murdering people, yeah. like you 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 foil it against that, and you're like, okay, this guy sucks, but like he's not just yeah. a bl- he's not a dude who has boatloads of money and doesn't give a shit about his wife who got murdered he's and like based it, yeah based on the interviews he's also not like even hurting these like in the like he's just, from their he's own just perspective sex. No, yeah no, no, he's so, not hurting the women this is where it's difficult because it, it i i'm more much more talking about the writer of this episode more than the character yeah. i have no but that's if, if I, a dude to me, wants I got, to sleep yeah. with people as long as he's not like yeah. don't hurt these women though, because I got the very he's not opposite feeling or like yeah. elite, from the you know like coercing if in a way that if get, there's you know, consent go for it bud yeah yeah all the women seem totally into him so yeah, yeah. get after it I don't I don't yeah. that get it get it dude get it. get, it. get <laughs> your so good your shit. issue isn't that you're a prude is what you're trying to say I I I wish I could explain it better it's it's more like the the way the just media how like it loves this idea of yeah. like questing after women <laughs> yeah oh, I, th- I mean i think but to me it's interesting to me because i read this episode as essentially the the opposite of what you're saying which is like yeah. was the whole point of this interaction was the writer demonstrating that this is a ter- like this is the wrong way and a terrible <laughs> way to go about interacting yeah. with women and that like yeah i, I yeah like, that's, that's i how, wish that's what i, I wish i could episode. get that i wish i could i just never i couldn't get it i couldn't yeah. get that but yeah it's it 
Yeah, no, I, I think I, I'm super. That's why I'm super fascinated. Well, either way, to, um, what his intention was, which was to either glorify or to disparage this, he clearly didn't do a great job because they're <laughs> getting people on both sides. So yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't. It no, was a I, real middler. I'm, so I maybe would, it was just a spark water cooler <laughs> conversation about best pickup tips. I'm, no, I'm. I'm I'm glad I could have picked your brains on it because yeah, yeah, it was really. I, Remember I just, when people used to like gather around a water cooler and talk about stuff? I feel like that was actually before our time, but uh, I would, I would, like even then, like, I don't really want to. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to gather around. No, a bit. Don't even lie. When we worked together, we would sit at the coffee machine and chat for way too long. I guess. We well, would I do just that. Don't do work, all right? Yeah, I mean that's really <laughs> what I I'm not here to do work, so. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh, that was uh, that was what was the name of it? Crimson, Crimson Casanova. Casanova. Yeah. And but ultimately, what we know is that Cho is a cool dude. Cho is the Crimson Casanova. Cho's a beast. That guy is just swag incarnate. <laughs> that motherfucker was interviewing those chicks, and it was just yeah, so right. good. I'm Cho. Exactly. What are your names? You so start. Good. You first. <laughs> oh, all right. We should uh, we should sign off. Oh, thank you guys so much for joining me and indulging me in these ridiculous <laughs> questions. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm we not have... usually one to do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Chris Sacco. Take it easy, everyone. Hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about picking up women. <laughs> <laughs> Three dudes talking about <laughs> uh, gender. All right. So we got Scott Lee. Adios. And I have a big bassoon. Have a good one, guys. There's a special when you stand out from the room.